0: Welcome to the Pain-Free Athlete Podcast. I'm your host, Dana Jones. I am a certified personal trainer, and I'm here to help you achieve your fitness goals without pain. In each episode, I'll share tips and strategies that will help you stay safe and pain-free while you're working out. I'll also interview experts in the field of fitness and pain management. So if you're ready to learn how to stay active and pain-free, then subscribe to the Pain-Free Athlete Podcast today. Welcome to another episode of the Pain-Free Athlete Podcast. I'm your host, Dana Jones. Last time, I spoke about my pain journey and how it impacted my life. I also said that I would be conducting interviews to help you connect the pieces to your pain journey or just plain entertain you. Today, I'm talking with a former client of mine, Patricia Law. I have known her for over 15 years, um, and I first met her when she was my principal slash director at my school. And even after she left, we maintained contact. As the years went on, our work crossed paths, and then I started to host job interview exhibitions for my high school. And uh, because I needed somebody with good experience, I invited Patricia to come and be a judge. And this woman walks through my door with a frickin' donut. And not a donut that you eat, but a donut that you are uh, sitting on. So, Patricia, do you want to tell the story of my harassment of you and your donut?
1: (laughs) Well, I much rather would have had it be a donut donut that I was eating than a donut that I was sitting on. Um, But yes, I would be happy. And thanks for having me here with you today. I'm really excited to be a part of the process and um, just share my story. So, uh, as Dana mentioned, I've known her for a long time. And on this occasion, when I walked in to help, I had a, let's say, a support structure <laughs> <laughs> um, for my derriere um, to sit. Because at that point, I could not sit for long time on um, anything hard. Um, I had previously had a hip injury that I now know went back several years. Um, But in June of 2019, I was on a dance floor. I love to dance, and I typically can dance kind of crazy, but this (laughs) time I swear I wasn't. I had actually been sitting for quite a while uh, and went out on the dance floor. I heard this loud pop. Um, Yeah, uh, heard and felt a loud pop in my left And immediately became nauseous, which is an indicator for me of like bad.
0: Does that happen often? That you need an indicator?
1: (laughs) 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 No, the (laughs) only other time I remember feeling nauseous like that is when I had when I was young. I was in my twenties, and I put down a five thousand dollar deposit on a new car. Oh, okay. (laughs) And I I immediately felt nauseous too because it was a big deal. So, but I knew this was bad. And um, I ended up in the ER, and um, it, it it was a um, something that was never diagnosed, which drives me crazy. I have seen five different specialists and doctors. The first one telling me um, that I was a zebra amongst horses,
0: <laughs> meaning.
1: Meaning that this was a very unusual injury. Apparently there were um, a couple complications going on. Um, One was I had a labral tear um, in the um, area on my left-hand side that the doctors consistently feel like has been a very old injury going back 20 or more years, which I can identify when and how that happened. The other injury was my IT band. So I actually tore my IT band, and that's the long muscle from the top of your hip that goes all the way down your leg. And apparently it's very common in football players, of okay. which I do not play, nor do I watch. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Nothing. Um, and I guess apparently it can also be a dancer's injury, but I am not a professional dancer. And so that's what that doctor meant. And I, after seeing several... Specialists and doctors um, got a cortisone shot, was told it was non surgical, wasn't a lot I could do about it, and I literally was not walking or able to sit. I mean, it was extremely painful, and um, doctors telling me they didn't understand why I was exhibiting pain the way that I was was very invalidating. I was super frustrated, and I was not getting any answers from the medical field. I got tri-PT, which was very hard to do and uncomfortable. I was kind of at my wits' end and just felt like this was, I knew going to take time, but I really, I felt like it was something I was already managing to a certain degree, and now here I was having to deal with it more. So the donut was part (laughs) of that, just management, and Support, and when I came into your classroom and you were talking to me about it and what was going on, and um, as you mentioned, we've we go way back, and I knew that you did training. I didn't know this was something that you could help with, and you were pretty insistent.
0: <laughs> Not me, <laughs>
1: right? Um, and um, yeah, insistent is a nice way of saying. Thank you. Yeah. (laughs) Um, But I'm used to that with you. And I know that comes from a place of love and support, absolutely. Um, And so I just at that point kind of thought, well, I don't don't know what else to do. I, I was doing PT. And you talked to me about being able to integrate that into sessions and, you know, just come once a week and let's just give it a try and we'll start slow. And that's what brought me to you.
0: Cool. Um, Was this your first experience with chronic pain?
1: No. Um, I think this initial hip injury happened when I was in my early 20s, Um, but I did nothing about it. Um, I do remember it happening, but it's no coincidence it was a left hip. Um, But in your early 20s, you, you bounce back a little faster. And so it was just something I learned to manage. I didn't walk as far. I didn't bicycle you know I didn't dance the way I used to so um, but I also feel like it wasn't chronic pain as in the sense of dealing with you know pain pain on a daily
0: right Um, well when did you reach your limit like um, what was the point where you just said like I can't
1: deal with this honestly I think it was more about the lack of answers from the medical field And the my perceived lack of support Mm -hmm. with them, um, or even empathy, it really wasn't. It would be different if somebody said, "Oh, this is a typical injury. It'll take you four to six weeks to recover. Just stay off of it. Drink." milk and eat donuts while you heal
0: bonbons right
1: yeah bonbons and pedicures so you'll at least look cute um but i wasn't getting that i wasn't get i what i was getting was more i don't understand why you're exhibiting the kind of pain you're exhibiting this shouldn't hurt as much oh let me give you a cortisone shot which did help with the labral tear but not much else um there just wasn't a lot of support. And I felt like I was insane. I really felt like I was the crazy one. I felt like I was telling people that I was in pain and people were telling me, you're crazy. And that's when I reached my limit. Like, no, I am legit in pain. I am not insane here. Like, if I need to do this and that and that, that's fine. Tell me I'll do it. But I wasn't getting that. And so I think I reached my limit mentally and emotionally before i did physically but that's worse in some ways than that physical pain
0: i would agree and you know the interesting part is that for most chronic pain sufferers it's actually the opposite hmm. is that we're being told oh look there's something that's wrong with you and You're, you know, you should be feeling pain or, you know, or that's just the way it is because you tore this or this is uh, degenerated or, you know, whatever it may be. And so it's kind of interesting, the um, arrogance, although Mm -hmm. I have noticed there are certain types of injuries, um, and this is obviously my own personal commentary, but there's certain types of injuries that females experience that are often blown off and mm-hmm. that if it was a male or a professional athlete, mm-hmm. um, it would be handled. And, uh, you know, one example I could think of is uh, when I was in college and playing softball, my, uh, second baseman tore her ACL and literally everybody on the field could hear the pop oh. of it. And <laughs> she went down and, you know, of course, immediately her leg swells beyond her thigh and her knee swells beyond her thigh and it was just insane and she went to the ER and the doctor asked her if she planned on being a professional athlete and she said no and he said okay well then I'm not going to repair it the swelling will go down and you'll be fine and she's like well I plan on having children and running after them and he's like oh it doesn't you know you don't need that repair and of course now it's a regular repair Mm -hmm. but Mm-hmm. again it it definitely had to do with the fact that she was a female yeah so it's um so what did i do for you that allowed you to to get to where you are today in terms of your healing um you know just the the whole process because i, I i'm not sure that i did too much. <laughs> that was very different. And and for those of you listening and don't know that the, her timeline is before I even found Dr. Sarno myself. I was using a lot of uh, Dr. Goski's work um, in the pain-free technique, but I had, to, in all honesty, this is the first time I had dealt with somebody who had such a significant injury.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think, honestly, it was more about your commitment to the process than anything else. I mean, for listeners, it may be uh, tempting to want to hear that there's a protocol that Mm -hmm. fits everybody, and there's not, right? (laughs) I wish. Yeah, there's just not. (laughs) So there's no easy answer. There's nothing black and white. It's not like Dana said, um, in week one, we're going to do this. In week two, we'll do this. Um, But that's What did it for me, frankly? It's the personalized attention that you provided, how well you got to know me and the injury and what was going on. And first and foremost, your commitment to me healing. And that made all the difference because I was not getting that in the medical field. In fact, what I was getting was the opposite a Hmm. lack of support, a lack of belief. And I never got that from you. What I got was a complete opposite in that you trusted me, you believed me, you supported me, and you were committed to me getting better. And that can look... Different ways to different people, and I know who you are, <laughs> you know who I am, um, and that helped. And so there were times in our sessions, a lot of times, and now I'm going to start crying, um, when um, I got very emotional because I was scared, frankly. Dana was having me do these stretches and move in ways that I had not moved with the hip injury Mm -hmm. for several months, and it may have even been a year at that point. And they were nothing that the average human wouldn't be able to handle. But for me, they were because I wasn't, you know, when I got injured, I mean, really, I I really, like, almost had to learn how to walk all over again. It was really crazy. Um, And there were times when you were telling me, like, I want you to walk around the mat okay, you are walking like, you know, (laughs) toe to heel instead of heel to toe. I mean, even little things like that, I wasn't paying attention to. And you would model it for me and show me. And then there were times where you videotaped me to show me. um, And you were always very patient, even when I would cry, which I did often (laughs) because I was scared and I didn't trust myself. I was scared that I was going to hurt myself more. I was afraid that what you were asking me was going to make it worse. And um, I remember, I, you know, y- you would wait and you'd be like, okay, what are you doing? And I'm like, I know, I, 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 I know, I know, I know. Just give me a minute. And then even when I did it, you were like, okay, you're crying. I see that you're crying. and we're gonna keep doing this (laughs) but it came from such a place I mean I I, and I knew that of you know love and commitment and frankly I wasn't crying to get attention anyway I wasn't like crying because I wanted you to say oh my god do we need to stop that's in fact not what I needed you know I was crying because I was scared and uncomfortable and I think you got And you acknowledged it, but you didn't let it stop you. And more importantly, you didn't let it stop me.
0: That's awesome. Um, Well, the funny part is that during that time is when I started going to Al-Anon. And one of the weird things about Al-Anon is that often people get emotional. And because everybody who's in Al-Anon is probably very codependent, there's usually a you know a scatter for the tissue box to bring to somebody right anticipation of them being emotional and i remember that at the time like i grabbed the tissue box and i put it down but i didn't put it near you <laughs> cuz i wanted you to ask for the tissues yeah. instead of me anticipating and yeah. trying to hand you a tissue when you weren't ready or done crying but there's
1: like i've done work too mm-hmm. and when people hand you a kleenex It's mostly out of their discomfort. For sure. Like, here's a Kleenex. Stop crying. (laughs) Right. I don't need your freaking Kleenex. I'm okay crying. If I want a Kleenex, I'll go get one. Thank you. (laughs) So keep your Kleenex to yourself. (laughs) I mean, that's my philosophy anyway. And I think you understood that. Well,
0: yeah. But it is, as I'm remembering, I'm thinking about that and going, oh, yeah, I was trying really hard not to be very codependent. And also let you have your process. Yes. And, you know, to the point where we dubbed the mat the crying mat.
1: (laughs) (laughs) I forgot about that. Because (laughs) I'm like,
0: okay, because, you know, normally I train people with a regular yoga mat and um because of the nature of your injury and the fact that you couldn't lay down yeah. for long periods of time I got you an extra I yes. like I special ordered a Pilates mat yeah, that, that was extra, much
1: appreciated extra I remember thick
0: that. for you yes but then you would often cry on it and I was like wow I you know it was
1: marking <laughs> it <as> my
0: own. <laughs> you were claiming it to yes. be your own yes. um but yeah those was, it was um Yeah, it was definitely emotional work. And it was really, I'm honored that you, you know, because I know that you're a private person. And the fact that, one, we're sharing this with everybody right now, but the fact that you allowed me to be witness to it Mm -hmm. and knew that I wasn't going to judge you for what you were feeling because everything you are feeling was valid. Yes. You know, and uh, the work is frustrating mm-hmm. you know being in pain and mm-hmm. still moving because that's the right thing to do is a difficult process
1: 100 percent.
0: and anybody who goes through it and says oh that was a piece of cake is full of crap right. because it's just not that way yeah. and um that Matt has collected more tears <laughs> after you <laughs>
1: good, good. Um,
0: which I find very interesting
1: <laughs> something about it I broke it
0: in you broke it yeah. in and so yeah and, and it's it's also the concept of really holding space for someone. And um, I don't know, maybe I have the luxury of time of doing that because I'm a trainer and I'm not in the situation where I only give you 10 minutes Mm -hmm. and I need to move you along to refer you, give you drugs or um, those types of things. Right. Um, So there is that. So we do this work. You are making all kinds of realizations. um, You know, personally, professionally, emotionally, physically. What did that do for you? And what, like, how did that propel you forward? Because clearly you couldn't go back. Right. Right? Like, once you know, what is it? Once you know better, you got to do better? You do
1: better, yeah. 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 Yeah, I think um, it really was about trusting myself, too, Because you did create space and because you were so committed to my healing, that allowed me to see the space and to step into the same space and to believe that um, things will get better and that I am responsible for my own healing, whether that's emotional or physical. And uh, those are so closely intertwined and I told you earlier that my last draw was emotionally not being validated or supported Um, and because your commitment to my healing and, and belief that I could get better was transformative for me that's what really did it for me was the realization that I can heal myself that that in fact if I don't believe that I won't heal myself. True. Um, you you have to have that belief. And I couldn't see that in front of me until you created a space. And you did that not only through the work, but also through the personal relationship, and also through resources and supporting me in any way you could. I mean, you gave me the book to read. Mm-hmm. Um, and you videotaped me. I remember even creating a daily kind of gym, you know, in the gym and at home with all of my materials um, and putting that on a collaborative note that you could look at. And, okay, good, and I would check in with you and say, I'm doing five reps. And you'd say, great, now do ten, you know. (laughs) (laughs) Um, So it was so much more than just coming to you for training. It was really kind of a holistic healing process that um, definitely had its impact on me physically but really more importantly mentally so that I could know and believe that I was on the right track and all I needed to do was keep moving which is an odd concept because as human beings i think when we're in pain we want to stop moving and that's the worst thing we could do
0: that's what we're told
1: yes exactly we're told to rest and stop and some of the resources you gave me in the conversations and the work that we did was like no you do need to keep going um and that that made a difference. It just helped me kind of see the light at the tunnel and believe in myself. And that has carried over into all aspects of my life, that belief in myself.
0: So now that you've done the work and you're working out how many times a week?
1: Uh, about two.
0: Two times a week and yeah. you're running on the treadmill?
1: You Well, I'm not running. I'm walking. Okay, you're walking. Yeah, i walking. Oh, I thought you said you were running. No. No, I'm doing 45 minutes. On oh, it.
0: dang. Okay. Yeah. Well, well, yeah.
1: Yeah. <laughs> yeah, no, I'm not messing around. It's 45 minutes, but it's not it's not running.
0: And how's your hip?
1: It's good. I mean, it's not perfect, mm-hmm. you know, and it's still, I some days there are bad days, but, um, and you put me in touch with a chiropractor that I see regularly and love, and um, yeah, I see him like once a month, and that mm-hmm. has really helped. Um so, yeah, it's just, again, it's kind of this holistic approach to it. And, look, the fact is I got injured. However that happened, whenever it happened, that's never going to go away. Surgery is not an option. Right. So it's like being an alcoholic. I'm always going to be an alcoholic. I just <laughs> never, I don't drink, right, which is not true. I'm not an alcoholic. I do drink. Not a lot, but I drink. I enjoy a good drink. But anyway. Um,
0: <laughs> I digress.
1: I digress. Um but the hip is screwed up. It's screwed up. Mm-hmm. Like, I'm not going to be doing any dance competitions. But I am walking at a right. time when I thought I wouldn't be walking. I am working out. I am dancing. It's, a you know, not like I used to. But there was a time, Dana, where I didn't think I was going to be doing any of those things. Like, I love to travel. And I thought, wow, I'm not going to be able to, like, walk around. Do I have to modify things? Absolutely. Am I in everyday pain? No. And that's where I'm at today is knowing things can be different. It's just an ongoing management, management of my mind, management of my body, management of my soul.
0: Oh, that's wonderful.
1: Yeah. That's good. Is
0: there anything else that you'd like to share with our listeners?
1: I just would really encourage you to start with yourself. I think that's what Dana really talks about. And I think that's really important. The, the message of healing for yourself and to yourself is such an integral part of the process. Um, again, whether that's physically or mentally. I was going through some stuff during this too. And I'm sure that that contributed to the pain. Uh, really? Especially, yes, <laughs> with people who have been through trauma or experienced things or sometimes as women were um, put upon by our American society to, you know, just push through it, you know, and, um, you know, you're not in pain, suck it up kind of thing. Right. right? Um, and I think it's important to not only acknowledge but that, but know it's okay to experience that. And know that there's something around the corner. Like when we're in pain and we're crying, there are reasons for that—physiological reasons, emotional reasons—and you can't deny those. You can't put them aside. You really—it's ha- part of the healing process to honor that. Very much. And to know that, and to allow yourself to experience those things, so that you can pass over. And knowing and believing that you can. Make it to the next stage. You can heal yourself. You can move through it. You just got to stick with it and you have to believe. That's really important.
0: That's awesome. Thank you so much for joining me today. You're
1: welcome. Thanks for having me.
0: Thank you for listening to the Pain-Free Athlete Podcast. I hope you found the information shared with you of value. Um, Please feel free to rate and review.